Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. January camp is over. We laughed, we cried, we lost to Serbia a few nights ago, and then we drew Colombia 0-0 last night. You know, at least last night, everybody played hard. There was a level of intensity in that first half that was kind of fun to see, didn't you think? Yeah, there was some uh, there were some full blooded challenges. Uh, we didn't always we didn't always look like the the group that was going to come out on the better end of those full blooded challenges. We had we had some uh, little brotherness going on in this game for sure. Paxton Paxton was uh, <laughs> he spent the game on the floor. In his defense, uh, the referee wasn't doing him any favors. Uh, not that not that we should always expect it, uh, but in this particular game especially, uh, letting things get physical was not gonna was not gonna go well for Paxton. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it seemed to almost get worse as the game went on for him. Uh, we should just say right off the top, I don't know how much of larger significance there is to take from this game. This one in particular, Maybe, the whole camp, where do you, where do you want to go with it? I don't, both, I don't think you're wrong on, on either front. There, there's some marginal uh, insight, I think, about the player pool from this camp and from this game last night, but... You know, the really interesting stuff is, you know, AZ Alkmaar versus Utrecht yesterday and how, how Taylor Booth played and what's going on with the Federation and who the new coach is going to be. Right. And, John Brooks, John Brooks stepping into the 11 for Hoffenheim. Uh, right. Luke, Luca De La Torre playing for Celta Vigo today. Like that's that all of that stuff is definitely more important uh, than any performance or even the combined performances uh, from these two friendlies. But, right. Uh, so, so the, the thing I kind of compare it to is, uh, it's a poker analogy, uh, like satellite tournaments to get into the main world series poker event. Like this is like a satellite tournament that you have to, you have to win just to get into another satellite tournament to maybe get a chance to be in the world series of poker. Like these, a lot of these, uh, guys who are auditioning, um, I mean, they're, they are remote their, their chances remain remote and were to begin with. Is it kind of like they're in the fifth division and they have uh, you know se- <laughs> several seasons to go before they can make it to the Premier League? I think that's I think that's an apt way of putting it. Um, not that they won't you know quickly accelerate their progress. Some of these players, I mean, it, it probably probably somebody who was in this camp will take some big leaps forward soon. It's just hard to tell who, and um, I don't know that there's a clear winner of this this satellite tournament. Maybe Zendejas. Yeah, it's Zendejas, I think. Uh, and, and again, even then, the picture's not entirely clear of how, how instantly he'll kind of be uh, given his next chance and whether you know, he'll be able to parlay that chance into more chances as things go along. But really, the reason he's the winner of this camp is not because of what he did in this camp. It's because he's a good player for Club America. Absolutely. Uh, and... Wait, actually jumped right back into the starting lineup when he returned this last night. Good on They won six zero against Mazatlan and I don't he wasn't on the score sheet. Uh all right, let's do the lineups. The is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. Ten changes okay. from the from the survey match, but list them off bells. Quite a few, yeah. Sean Johnson in goal, uh Dewan Jones, Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long, and John Tolkien across the back line. Tolkien was one I think that a lot of us were interested in seeing. Kellen Acosta at the six, Eric Williamson and Paxton Aronson as the eights, and then Paul Ariola 
Jesus Ferreira and Matthew Hoppy across the front line. Kind of crazy to see Matthew Hoppy out there. I mean, he's fun. He's fun to watch. He's got some very distinct arms. The Matthew Hoppy arms when he plays uh, are striking. Um, I, th- I think I want to say that this is basically the most capped uh, 11 that Hudson could have possibly fielded. If not, it was really close. Is that right? Oh. Yeah, I mean, Hoppy was a, a national team regular a couple of years ago. Back yeah, the Gold, gold Cup. Cup. Hoppy, and, Hoppy and Williamson got some Gold Cup run. Uh, Zimmer and Long, obviously, is a pairing that, uh, you know, you see people saying, why would we do this? We definitely don't need, really need to see them together anymore. And that is totally true. That is, we, we don't need to see Zimmerman Long together anymore. That's not, we're not getting any new information uh, from them. It kind of just doesn't matter because we don't really need to see the other guys who are in this camp. All the center back pairings that we do need to see are not available for this, for this run out. Yeah, it would have been kind of fun to see more of Jalen Neal and get some more information on him, but nah, who cares? Uh, Jalen Neal, I mean, it, who cares? Not because who cares about J- Jalen Neal. It's just like whether he becomes a bona fide national team center back really has nothing to do with whether he played last night or not. It's like it's about all these other things going on in his career, whether he can get minutes in L.A. and eventually whether he can get a move to Europe, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, <laughs> right. See who comes calling for him after the U20 World Cup. Uh, right. That's where it's going to be. The, the center backs of immediate relevance are, are all sort of uh, already across the pond. Um, see, Rich, Chris Richards, Cameron Carter Vickers. Uh, even like if you're going to get experimental, it'd be like Austin Trustee. Yeah. Mark McKenzie. I mean, that, yeah, that wouldn't be go. experimental, but. So Palace didn't play this weekend, huh? They play Manchester United on Saturday. Yeah, a lot of the uh, Champo and EPL teams that uh, are not in the FA Cup didn't play. There were a couple of championship games scattered about on the weekend, but uh, a lot of teams off this week. All eyes on Wrexham, Sheffield United. <laughs> I, well, two, two things before we get into the Columbia lineup. One, we're going to have a Monday review tomorrow where we talk about the action from the weekend. That'll be for patrons only. I mean, but there is a lot to talk about. Weston at Leeds, Weston, the Weston to Leeds transfer process, uh, Gio Reyna's fitness debate, and, uh, you know, Taylor Booth's performance. So, you know, join the Patreon and listen to that. The other thing is Wrexham. I, th- I do think the Wrexham story is interesting. Do you? Do you? Yeah, anytime, anytime a lower club makes a run like that, uh, it's interesting. And the fact that this one comes baked in with, like, the, they've already built like this underdog uh, storyline, and then they happen to be the underdog that is making a run through the FA Cup is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think, have you watched any of the show? No, I haven't watched a single minute of it. Is it solid yeah. stuff? Solid stuff may be a little uh, promising, a little bit much, but it is, it is interesting. I mean, it's a 158-year-old club. You know, it's, they have the, I think, the oldest still in existence international stadium in the world or maybe second oldest or something. So they used to be a, they used to be a big championship club and they've fallen on hard times. They have no, uh, there's no economy in Northern Wales, you know, it's like very much like Rust Belt place. So it's an underdog story, like you said, but an underdog story about a club that used to be uh, successful. And, and then you add into that, the whole promotion relegation possibility and 
the storytelling of Ryan Reynolds and actually it's the handsomeness of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and the storytelling ability of uh, Rob McElhaney. It absolutely helps that to, to people over here who, who sort of got into any English soccer in the last 10 or 15 years, Wrexham totally sounds like a fake place. Like we'd ne- you never, in all my however many years of like kind of following along with English soccer, never heard of it. it it's never popped up anywhere until now. So you, you didn't know at the beginning whether it was real or whether it's uh, sort of just a Ted Lasso part two. Yeah, I think Scranton. That's Wrexham. <laughs> it, but smaller. All right, so to the so on to the topic at hand. The Colombian lineup was Al- Alvaro Montero of Millonarios in Bogota, the club in Bogota, at goalkeeper. Uh, Juan Mosquera from Portland at right back. Alexis Perez and uh, Andres Yinas, who also plays for Millonarios at center back, and then Frank Fabra from Boca Juniors at left back. He was active, uh, and then. Horman Campuzano at the six, who plays in Turkey. He was kind of a nice player, number 21. And then Dylan Borero and Yilmar Velasquez, uh, who plays in the Colombian League as the eights, I guess. And then the front line was Diego Valoyes, who plays for Taleres in Argentina on the right wing. Christian Arango plays for LAFC as the striker. And then Cucho Hernandez, who plays for Columbus on the left wing. Although they, they kind of, they were fluid up front. Um, any thoughts on the line? I, it was like a pretty evenly matched contest. It seemed to me. I mean, there was yeah, the you, physicality of the Colombians, but yeah, you're just talking balance of play. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's about right. I think the the theme for me was, uh, you know, you you went through our lineup and you think about who those attackers were, uh, and this is something we kind of brought up in, maybe when we're talking about the off year Gold Cup rosters. Uh, you look you look at those attackers. And every one of them basically would need to be at like at best the fifth best attacker on the field to really be able to even play. Like you can't make this group of five attackers, uh, or however. I mean, they they just aren't going to look very ruthless or cutthroat. And I think I feel like that's kind of what the story of the game was. We still crafted out a couple of clear chances, um, but these just these aren't match winning attackers. Certainly not for for either team. You think. No, I'm just, that's just for the U.S. Just for yeah, the U.S. Okay. Like we, you know, we were okay at times. We we weren't. Uh, again, we weren't shambolic at any point. So I guess in that sense, like we were organized. Uh, but there was just there was never any cutting edge. I felt like uh, in the attacking third, one or two moments where everything everything clicked. Uh, yeah, to create a chance, but it didn't look like we were you know any kind of a, a machine out there. Well, I th- the thing is, Hoppy kind of. As as messy as he can be, and he was messy in this game, and also the fact that he doesn't play uh, for Middlesbrough is uh, you know a strike against him. As despite all that, he still kind of can make stuff happen. And um, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready to completely close the door on his national team career. It's probably um, going to be a while if I'm in charge before he gets another call up. But um, anyway, yeah. I've, well, let's, uh, we'll let's get into, into the that. timeline, yeah, because I think he's going to basically start things off with the first real event of the game. Yeah, first real event of the game is in the sixth minute. It's a Zimmerman ball over the top. Hoppy takes it off his chest, eliminating Fabra in that one motion, and then kind of, kind of pauses for a moment on the ball, thinks about shooting, lays it back for Aronson, and Aronson hits it softly at the keeper. That is what happened. Uh, great, like great takedown from Hoppy. 
I mean, really uh, good takedown. Yes, yeah, to eliminate that defender, and then also like he, the the cover defender does slide over a step or two, and Hoppy makes the exact right decision in my mind and the right execution for the layoff. Like it is set up perfectly. He takes Aronson's first touch for him. I think is how Burkamp describes it. Uh, that could be wrong. I don't remember if that was Burkamp or not. We'll go but, with it. <laughs> but it's such it's such like a crucial piece of attacking play is to make sure that that last pass doesn't make the the finish any more difficult than it needs to be. And and yeah, and so Aronson kind of soft-footed it. Now, I think that's even a little harsh. It was just a little bit too close to the keeper. I mean, he he hit a firm pass towards what he thought was the open portion of the goal. Yeah, Alex Mendez scores that. <laughs> There's like two people on Twitter who are going to be really mad when they hear me say that. Uh 655 mark uh, pretty bad Aaron Long giveaway and I think this is where I'll give my little Aaron Long bit he was who we thought he is strong in the air pretty good defensively in duels and just a train wreck on the ball I mean train wreck's too strong he wasn't a train wreck but not to be relied upon on the ball yeah and he I mean he he sort of remains a zero where uh, what you hope is he just doesn't have any of these kinds of giveaways and you are at no point expecting anything else, like anything where he's hitting a guy in a pocket. He has a few entry pass attempts throughout this game that almost always lead to a turnover from the player receiving it. Uh, not always entirely on Aaron Long, but not in a way that where Aaron Long is like doing them any favors, uh, hitting that pass into them in that moment. And, and then there's a total... To- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and it's still just that contrast to Zimmerman who might not be everyone's favorite, but throughout this game hits numerous entry passes into pockets, into seams uh, to players who can then cook a little bit if, if they were better cooks. Yeah. <laughs> Tolkien uh, gives it away almost immediately after Long does in, this, in sort of the same area of the field, trying to pass it to Hoppy. Um, Complete, but, I mean, we just, we just put these giveaways in the same thing. They're completely different classes of giveaways, right? Tolkien's is just trying to go up the line to Hoppy. So he's playing it up to, you know, the third line and he turns it over and it's like, okay, well, it's not great, but we're all in shape to now defend this. Long's giveaway is passing along the back line to Tolkien and it gets just picked off. It's like that. It's like a QB throwing an interception to the flat where it's obviously just going to get returned straight for the pick six. That was more like what Long's was, where Long then had to hustle back to intervene or it's 1v1 against the goalkeeper we, we weren't punished it, despite some of our mistakes columbia was not you know didn't seem fully equipped to punish us when we did make mistakes um that's why i say it, would, it was an evenly matched contest it seemed like the players were about equal on both sides equally competent but also equally inept yeah there you go 10th minute we get that uh deflected Acosta tries to play a ball over the top. It gets deflected out to Williamson, and he takes a touch on in the right uh, on the right side and hits it crossfield to Hoppy in the box, who brings it down again. Takes him a little bit wide of the goal, and he tries to cut it back. Not a tight enough angle on the cut back, and it's claimed by Montero. Any thoughts on that relatively mundane <laughs> sequence of events? No, not really. I mean, that's that's about what it was, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything. Here we are. <laughs> uh, 11th minute, good work up our right flank from Columbia. Uh, across is stood up from wide, and this is where you notice Long's value. He just throws himself at it. 
meaningless friendly, just throws his noggin at the other guy's noggin and manages to nod it away. Yeah, not, not a ton to this one. Columbia kind of overloaded our, our right side. Uh, nice third man run from deep from uh, their left back. And uh, the thing that kind of half stood out to me here was just Zimmerman kind of putting himself in no man's land uh, as this ball went down into the final third, into the uh, Man City zone. So Acosta's chasing it down. And, and Zimmerman, when the cross comes in, can't really defend anybody. So this is why Long has to race over to that near post player and throw himself in in that desperate way because Zimmerman kind of wasn't in any position to make a play. Okay. So not a perfect performance from Walker Zimmerman. No, definitely not. Uh, we get a chance from our press about a minute later than this. Hoppy finds Ferreira who finds, you know, passes it to Ariola at the edge of the box, and he's just a poor first touch. He had a ton to do to, to score from there or, or set up the next shot, but still, that's I, the, the phrase danger, adja- the phrase danger adjacency uh, echoes in my mind still. Nice, nice little uh, ball in from Ferreira, a little disguise to, to sneak that ball into the, through the inside uh, of the defender's body who was pressuring Ferreira as he received it. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's coming in the air. It's not going to, it's never going to be an easy one for Ariola. And I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a lot for it. I, I, uh, he just kind of leaves it, leaves it there for the defender. And yeah, yeah. He tries to do a, a cute little bang, bang touch uh, to get in on goal and it doesn't come off. If you haven't listened to Sanjay's interview with Paul Ariola, you absolutely should. That's, that's a great one. It is really good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, remarkably candid from Paul, I thought. Um, 14th minute we get a another big chance it's a we you know we kind of have the ball in their uh defensive third for a while and it's a nice combo up the right side off a throw in Ferreira receives it with his back to the goal and he's kind of juggling it there inside the box he plays it out to Williamson who then plays it quickly into Ariola, and then Ariola just backheels it kind of judging that a backheel in that situation is going to cause some problems for the defense and they do and it does it trickles past uh, i believe it trickles past uh jones and then goes to aronson right at the right by the penalty marker perfect opportunity to shoot his shot is on target but poked wide by a defender sliding desperately into the path of the ball and it kind of tings off the post but yeah uh, probably our best chance of the game maybe with with uh with a little competition from the earlier Aronson shot and then the hoppy one later. Yeah, I, I think so. And this is sort of our, one of our better moments of, you know, coordination in attack. Uh, we talked about how there isn't a lot of cutting edge with this personnel. Um, and even here, like, I'm not sure Ferreira's little initial flick uh, that ends up with Williamson is even meant to go to Williamson. He might've been trying to hit Dewan Jones, uh, who's racing on the underlap. Uh, and then, I don't know that Ariola's back heel is, is meant to do anything but sort of extend the play. None of these are bad decisions. It just it just still doesn't quite have like the tidy uh, intentionality that you're that you that you want to build towards. Not this isn't I'm not even trying to be critical. This is uh, you know, good attacking instincts by yeah. four different players on the play that results in Paxton Aronson being alone uh, with a shot. So Paxton uh not not bringing his finishing boots to the game. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg's just, Greg just flinches when I say It's that. a good block. I mean, this one's a good block, right? Yeah. Uh, 
ensuing counter, I thought Dewan Jones does very well to stand up a Mosquera in like 1v1 in tons of space. Yeah, Dude, so with, go ahead. Yeah. This was a, on the corner from the, the Pat Aronson's shot that was blocked leads to a corner. And this counterattack from Columbia and, and uh, Paxton Aronson definitely establishing himself, uh, definitely establishing his Aronson bona fides here because <laughs> they get on the break and Aronson has the chance to just end the entire break, you know, 30 yards from Columbia's goal by just sort of hitting the trail leg of the Colombian player who's about to like hit this, the key pass to spring everything. And he like leaps over it. He, he intentionally goes out of his way to avoid making contact here in a way that would have completely destroyed the counterattack. Too earnest. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a very honest, very, it, it felt exactly like uh, the Brendan situation from the Iran match in the World Cup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You got to break up the counter. Break up the counter. This is 2023. Take a foul, take a yellow if you have to, but foul there. I feel like I was more impressed with Jones than most people last night. Uh, now I know he wasn't like amazing in the attack or anything, but I thought uh, it was very. It, it was uh, he was reassuringly good at defending. And, and this this is one of those plays where you're like, this is the nice work from Jones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was okay. Like, uh, you know, you could say he, that Jones, like, forced Ma- Mascara into a bad pass, but it was more just like Mascara got Jones running full speed and actually did his little pullback. Uh, and Jones kept going a little bit, not totally out of the play, but Mascara definitely got himself some space to make a decision here. He just He just didn't execute well enough. I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting too deep into this one play by Jones. I thought Jones was fine. I don't think there was okay. any play where he got beat. And, and there are some later really good examples of him uh, shutting down Columbia attacks. Hoppy gets the ball on the left sideline in the 16th minute, tries to mega guy to nowhere. And there he got a little bit of uh, retaliation from Yomar Velasquez, I thought, with, uh, with like, a little piece of skill to pass it out wide to who was it? Was it Cucho? Um, what do you call that skill where you like, where you kind of bang it off one foot and then pass it? I don't know, but it's, I love retaliation in the form of sauce. Like when, when <laughs> watching yeah. Hoppy try to do something that doesn't come off and then immediately being like, this is how you do things. Yeah. Uh, that was it felt that, that was, way. That was solid. And, and that's what I, like, that makes a January game get a little bit more interesting. It felt like there was good intensity at that point in the game and uh, solid entertainment. I saw, I don't, you know, it's hard to judge these things, but Stu Holden was in the stadium and said on Twitter that it was 90% Columbia fans. So it was, uh, you know, kind of an away game. I mean, not, 90% is an overwhelming number like that. I'm pretty dubious of that. that that's, that's I'm a, a little lot dubious of, that's of it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little dubious of it too. But I think it's, it's fair to say it was a uh, majority Colombian. Support All right, in well, the state. can't schedule games in Los Angeles anymore. <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything about that. <laughs> Just saying this is what we got. Uh, 17th minute, a chance for Columbia. A little messy from our back four on a ball over the top. Zimmerman tries to volley, I don't know, like try to overhead volley it. And he kind of mishits it. It squibs across the middle of, the, of zone 14. Tolkien can't get there to cover. And Yomar Velasquez gets into the box, you know, touches it past Vol- Tolkien, gets in the box and scuffs his shot wide. Another example of Columbia not having the cutting edge that, you know, 
some teams some teams in the world do have yeah and this was uh another i think another zero mistake he kind of just settles the ball at the top of the box while while almost doing like a bicycle so he's on the ground now with the ball at the top of the box yeah he can't make a play uh zimmerman's kind of just safe from uh criticism here because this these this isn't the game that you need to evaluate zimmerman on you already have a ton of information on zimmerman in more games so he's he's a little bit sort of just free rolling through this through this match i mean if yeah. he'd been a train wreck that might have been something but like these little these little nickel and dime things probably aren't going to affect his standing too much Right. Well, 19th minute, somebody who's standing, I think, is was in question is Paxson Aronson. Uh, giveaway in the at the 18 minute mark that results a, in a curler from the top of the box from Colombia, uh, and then an, and then 40 seconds later, another giveaway, and Cucho has a shot blocked by Zimmerman. And as Bob Morocco said on the Discord, uh, and I quote: "Every time Paxson turns on the ball and doesn't think he is going to be immediately under pressure, is a level of optimism." I can't, I cannot relate to end quote. Uh, yeah, man, I thought, I thought Paxton was rough. Uh, so I, I feel like people were kind of excited about it and he has that very busy, uh, optics to him that I think a lot of people appreciate. Uh, but sometimes it's just a mirage. And in this game, at least the kids, the kids are 2003, right? He's a U 20. Uh, so I'm not saying anything about what the future holds, but he, I thought he was pretty bad in this game. Uh, I thought the, the giveaways were just constant. And we, the one thing we don't want from our center midfielders in our setup is these kinds of giveaways where he just doesn't seem to have a plan and just gets the ball, does a bunch of happy dancing feet until he gets muscled off of it. And now the other team's going the other way. Right. Yeah, he, um, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, 22nd minute, Tolkien gets bodied. And it's a couple half chances for Columbia, one on a fizzed ball across that gets mishit from the penalty marker, and then a, a weak effort from distance right at Johnson. Yeah, this was Williamson's worst moment, too, as this ball gets kind of cleared out after the fizzed ball across. Williamson goes out uh, to meet it, and he just gets completely dusted uh, by a Colombian player at the corner of the box, and that's how they end up with kind of just uh, a wide open shot from that range. Nice entry passes from Zimmerman to Ariola in the 23rd minute. And then in the 24th, he plays one to Hoppy in the pocket and Hoppy just takes a poor touch. But did you notice a few other Zimmerman passes, entry passes that you liked? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's his game, right? And, and we didn't see it too much in the world cup. So we know that it's not going to necessarily translate uh, into the higher levels. But in these games, uh, lower intensity, lower level of competition, uh, Zimmerman is capable of hitting them, which is useful at the very least for giving our attacking players better reps in these games. Okay, so do you want to um, take the next few timeline items? Uh, sure. I think right around the 28th minute, uh, Columbia get a little loose with it in their, with, with their fullbacks, and Paul Ariola just takes it straight off a guy's foot on the right sideline. Uh, drives up field 3v2. Uh, it's a little bit slow developing, and Ariola just gets run down by the same guy he took the ball from. He gets fouled, like the guy slides in as Paul Ariola is releasing it. Uh, ref lets play continue, but at that point, it's sort of a 3v4, and it kind of just fizzles out at Hoppy's feet. No, that's not right. Hop, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll clean that up. Hoppy plays it into Paxton Aronson, and then Hoppy continues his run. Paxton kind of plays the ball towards where Hoppy and Ferreira are rather than where Hoppy is going. And it just kind of 
pinballs until it's no longer a threat. Okay. There's a, there's a few other things. Another giveaway in the 31st minute from Aronson. Um, we get a chance in the 32nd minute where Zimmerman wins the ball in the second center circle. This is actually a really good chance. I, I, I apologize for underselling it with my tone of voice. Uh, Zimmerman wins the ball in the center circle and then finds Jesus Ferreira's feet. Jesus turns and plays a perfectly measured through ball to, uh, to Hoppy. And uh, Hoppy's in on goal, and he hits it kind of softly right at the keeper with his left foot. Yeah, this this was Ferreira's best contribution to the game. Uh, he was pretty quiet; not a lot, not a lot that he was doing. Um, and yes, I mean that, there isn't really more to say than that. Great uh, execution to get free. Uh, great execution to, be, to find him, and just poor execution on the vital last touch. All right, that was that's it. We'll see ya. <laughs> <laughs> that was it for the interesting attacking moments, I think, wasn't it? There are a couple of Kellen Acosta set pieces lately. Oh yeah, at the very end. But yeah, man, it's there there wasn't a lot. There was a there was there were some decent ways to like find find people into the attacking third, but almost yeah, just almost nothing. We just don't have a lot of good attacking players in this game. I wouldn't have been able to imagine myself saying this a week ago. But I wish I had gotten to see Cade Cal come in the game. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't know why I'm going to take now to do this, but like, uh, I kind of wish we would have seen Paxton Aronson in one of those attacking roles. I don't think he would have been like a huge game changer, but I think he was really miscast as a center midfielder uh, for what we do. And so he ended up, I thought, looking really bad when he might have had a better effect and been able to play more to his strengths. Uh-huh. Uh as a more free attacking guy. So, so yeah, I know we talked about this game being getting, getting pretty physical, seemed, seemed pretty intense. Uh, and it was, I do think that there was very much like a, a trend of who's winning those battles and who wasn't that left sided triangle for us of Tolkien, Aronson and Hoppy uh, is like my pitch control nightmare. I feel like they were constantly taking naive angles, naive approaches, and then just sort of bouncing off of Colombian players in ways that made them pretty ineffective. Uh, you know, so they made up for it a little bit, especially Paxton by volume of, of approaches and, and pressures. But man, they, they just looked small. They looked like they played small in this game. I thought, yeah, I thought Tolkien kind of grew into the game a little bit in that respect. And he had some like, he has some weird ways of winning challenges that like he throws his whole body at it and gets like the outside of his right foot on the ball and sends it away. But but yeah, I was disappointed in how um, how how manhandled he was on the night as well. Yeah, because he's one that we're hoping can really like step in maybe right away into a backup spot for the senior team. And there was nothing in this game where I was like, yes, that would be his spot for a bit, at least for the next couple of camps. That's why I guess maybe that's why I'm so uh, high on high on is a little strong, but why I'm encouraged at Jones's performance because he didn't get uh, manhandled. Yeah, no ragdolling over on that side. Halftime. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, Sonora, Sonora on for Williamson. Uh, somebody was making fun of me f- for calling him Senora, which is not what he is. It's Sonora. Uh, there's um, some more nice line-breaking passes from Zimmerman. Yeah, nice chance early where uh, Zimmerman breaks the lines again to Ariola. I found him in that pocket a lot. 
And then Ariola missed a chance right away to combine with Sonora, uh, who Sonora is like the total opposite of an Aronson. Like he has very calm feet. Uh, he seems pretty efficient with getting the ball and moving it. So it's not like he's slow. He just doesn't have anywhere near the frenetic uh, appearance of the Aronson boys. Yeah. I th- I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to see Sonora in a different sort of setting, you know? Um, like maybe he's not, maybe he's not going to be a solution for us in any way ever, but, uh, it would have been fun to see him like playing with better players. Yeah. And, and one of the things is, is it could be tough to, because if he's only going to be available from going on from here on out, uh, for full, full team camps, uh, it's going to be hard. It's just hard for him to break in. Uh, we got Luca De La Torre doing things. Uh, you know, Taylor Booth is probably going to be a guy we got to see in camp pretty soon. So the spots that Sonora is fighting for are going to be really hard to secure. Yeah. Yeah. Although, but I agree. He's, he looks efficient and calm on the ball and he, he does some nice things here and there. You want to talk about Paxson Aronson's best moment of the game? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I just clocked this one 53rd minute. It's uh, it's of course, not surprisingly, it's a transition moment. Uh, Sonora Harry's Columbia into a giveaway. They pass it directly to, uh, Paxton Aronson and this was like the time I saw him have a real idea quickly and so it came into his feet and he very quickly played it vertically uh disguise ball to Paul Ariola to you know attack right away before Columbia can regroup uh, Ariola gives it away almost instantly but uh but it was like a good moment from Paxton because I kept seeing people say he, he's at least trying things and I didn't really see him trying that many things uh before this moment I just saw him again sort of be on the ball looking busy on the ball but never really having like a clear plan of what he was going to do once he was done dancing. And so this was just like a good, incisive, instant read and execution uh, that I was like, okay, there's, there's something. So that, that was something to work with. Okay. All right. Well, you, let's see what happens at Eintracht Frankfurt and, uh, you know, with and the U20s. U20s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got a lot of time. Yep. All uh, right. I'll, <laughs> I know, I know I promised we'd move along, but, uh, the thing that actually it, what made me think of what, what Paxton's play made me think of most was Gio Reyna and what a pitch control monster he is. Like, uh, Gio's only about nine months older than Paxton. And remember, Gio started three years ago for Dortmund and yeah. like, was instantly like this huge man on the field, uh, even at 17. So that, that's like, it, it just helps to remind me what an outlier Gio Reyna is. Man, that's crazy to think about. You just can't take the ball from Gio. <laughs> right. And and you just can't help but take the ball from Paxton. <laughs> I've, I've accidentally taken the ball from Paxton Aronson again. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, again, not, I don't want this to be like dumping on Paxton Aronson. He's a U20. Uh, he's, he's got time. It's no crime to not be Gio Reyna for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another big moment I thought was uh, a quick throw in the 59th minute. You know, you can feel free to to go back and mention anything you want to mention from from before this, but I'm going to go right to the 59th minute. A quick throw from Jones to Ariola, and Ariola is going up the right touchline, and he cuts a, a very nice ball across to Jesus's feet, and Jesus dribbles the guy, so gets past him a little bit. And then just can't quite get his feet right to have a hit. Gets crowded off the ball. Yeah, didn't either didn't know the second defender was coming or just couldn't get his body to uh, intervene to keep that second defender who's trailing back on the play. 
to, yeah, just sort of shepherd it away from him pretty, pretty simply. But it, yeah, it looked like something was on, uh, but Jesus didn't make it happen quick enough. He'll make some stuff happen on Snapchat later tonight, <laughs> later in the night though. Uh, they were doing the wave at Dignity Health Park. I love the wave. Uh, Vasquez comes on for Ferreira. Sabi comes on for Ariola. That's uh, Emmanuel Sabi. First cap for him, right? Performance. What? Yeah. First cap for Sabi. Uh, I mean, it was it was nothing, but it wasn't it wasn't. He didn't do a lot of good things. Uh, but I, I, what, you're not really expecting anything from Emmanuel Sabi in this camp. Um, he's this is very much like a quintessential uh, one-off call-up. I think. It looked like a one-off call-up. Well, it is cool though for him to get that cap. Neil Jalen Neal comes on for Zimmerman in the seventieth minute. Uh, you know, I think there's there's stuff we could talk about, but mostly Acosta hit two good set pieces late, and uh, you know we didn't we didn't quite get him. Vasquez missed just missed with his outstretched right boot. Vasquez just missed with his outstretched right boot. Uh, one of the balls from Acosta. I forget what uh, what happened on the other one. Oh, uh, in the 85th minute, a very uh, a very good free kick that Vasquez glances over with his head. So a header chance and a and a chance with his foot couldn't quite get either one right. Both would have been a really nice goal. So I'm not dogging on Vasquez. Yeah, and probably what I would say is for both those chances, I'd rather it be Vasquez than Ferreira for that kind of a chance on both for on sure. both occasions. For you know, sure. we're talking yeah. set pieces. So what now? We got a we got this March camp coming up. So for me, like Zendejas brings Zendejas into March. Uh, he could literally be the only carryover, and I would be fine with that. I think we I think I want him there because uh, he looks like the kind of player whose impact is most felt with better players around him. Uh, and then there's also the dual national element where I do think it's, it'd just be good to keep him close, <laughs> keep him in the fold uh, to help integrate him. And other than that, like no real urgency for any of the other guys to be there. There are a few who, you know, the, especially the vets, Acosta Zimmerman might well still have a, a part to play in a March camp. Uh, but, but otherwise, no, no one really demanding a spot, huh? No. And, you know, Acosta, he did have those good set pieces at the end. He had some good moments throughout the game. He had some plenty of bad moments too, I thought. But that's just kind of, that's kind of who he is. Yeah, always has been, and then you you add on that he's well out of season. Yeah, uh, a month removed, two months removed from the World Cup. I I I'm generally encouraged by what I saw from Jalen Neal. I know he had a couple really bad moments in the first game, but he's also a he's also a 2003, a young guy, still hasn't played any professional any professional minutes. So I think it's the the outlook for him is bright. I think. But yeah, and, and again, he's got the U-20s ahead of him. There's no way that, uh, you know, for this next camp coming up, that you'd expect Jalen Neal to be called up in place of a Mark McKenzie or in place of a Chris Richards or Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, the, the other guy, like, if Vasquez is on the March camp, that'd be great. I would, I would like that. But I'm not going to be like, Vasquez must be there for this March window. Right. I'm not going to say that either. Juan Jones, yeah, quite a few guys who would be fine, but really, it's just like let's let's get Zendejas in here with whichever group you bring in for March. And you know, Cade Cowell gave us a glimpse of a 
high quality professional winger. Um, but if you're if you're if you're playing four D chess like I am, a world class wing back or fullback, <laughs> he does need to learn how to defend. I think. Well, and again, March depending on how full of a strength we bring for those March uh, Nations League games um, against El Salvador at home, Grenada away, and I think Grenada is first. Um, you're looking at you know, K. Cal would be competing against Reyna and Wea and Pulisic and. Uh, Zendejas if he's coming and Paredes and Georgie and Malik and like all these all these guys Brendan Aronson so Taylor there's Bruce. yeah yeah no no urgency whatsoever for Kate Cowell he's got MLS that he can start working towards and he can really maybe show off in the U20 World Cup yep plenty of time for him he shouldn't be in the March camp I agree all right uh the the link for the Patreon is in the show notes I think we're gonna have a fun show tomorrow um come join us Thanks, Greg. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see ya.